What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. I'm AJ. And I'm Johnny. I ain't even thank y'all for coming, but thanks for coming. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> It'd be long days, y'all. But look, check this out. Speaking of, have you ever had one of those classes that you just couldn't, the moment or the day you started heading towards that class, you just knew by the time you got in there, you was about to be knocked or you was just about to be staring at the professor like an idiot? That's happened in work and school. Damn, not work. <laughs> Girl, I have snuck off to a staircase many times to take a nap. I had this one class, I wanna say my sophomore year in college. And the crazy part is it was my major too. And it was a communications class, but we were learning how to like write. Um, I can't remember. It wasn't the newspaper one. That one, I hated that class too, but this was a different one, I think. It might have been, I can't recall, but I know, because the thing was, I was on a dance team, of course. Had to wake up at 5.45 to be in the gym at 6.15 for team workouts. We would be done, and then I had class at 8 a.m. right after. Why did I do that to myself? I didn't know, like, you know, I was stupid. So I would be walking to class, get in class, coming down from my workout high, and just not, like I was hitting them good nods. You know them nods where you hope somebody ain't see you not. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, oh. <laughs> I had quite a few of those in high school, for sure. Especially since we had band practice before school started on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And by the time that class after lunch hit, or even the class before lunch hit, my ass would be knocked out in class. Not in high school, though. In high school. It prepared me for college, though, dealing with the shitty band schedule I had in college. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm acting like this weird. I went to a whole performing arts school. <laughs> but, but I brought that up because you know what? No shade, no tea. I kind of felt that way about this movie. Um, Tonight, if you haven't, well, it's not tonight. It's any time you're listening to this podcast. But today, tonight. you... Tonight. <laughs> We're talking about Hell Night 1981. This one is currently streaming on Tubi. But, um, you know, if you go look on YouTube, it's on there too, but I ain't tell you that. Let me tell you something. I, you know what? Hold it. Hold it. Park recommendations. Oh, yeah. I didn't forget. I was just going to go on a straight rant because I'm just kind of ready at this point. But it's cool. I only have one park recommendation for you tonight. If. And I won't even say if you like this movie. If you're just looking for something similar that might just slightly um, maybe be better. Okay, let me talk. Let me stop. Okay, I quit. Y'all, it's The Initiation from 1984. Most of y'all probably is familiar. Some of y'all probably not. Go find it. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right, enough of the bull. Let's get to it because this movie, I'm going to just tell y'all like it is. I found this movie for the podcast. I hadn't seen it. I was just like, oh, what's this? It's 80s. 
I see Linda Blair. The cover is badass. Like the covers are really cute. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this gotta be a fun little ride. And by proxy, this is also how John A got into this. Um Yes. Very yeah, you so. know what? I, I mean just it was see. cute. It was cute. And I think that's what it was. So this movie was directed by Tom B. Simone. It was written by Randy Feldman, produced by Erwin Yobland, I hope I pronounced that right, and Bruce Con Curtis. And it stars, like we said, Linda Blair as Marty Gaines, mm-hmm. Peter Barton. Y'all know. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, y'all know Linda Blair, The Exorcist. Yes, Little Miss Reagan. Mm-hmm. And for those who are hip to S Club 7, she played Joni in S Club 7. Like, you know, Cody is jumping out of his seat right now. <laughs> I loved S Club 7. Oh, my God. That was my show. Gonna show you how. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Peter Barton as Jeff Reed, and he played Doug in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Mm-hmm. Then we have Vincent Van Patten as Seth, Suki Goodwin as Denise Dunsmore, Kevin Brophy as Peter Bennett, Jimmy. Ooh, no. Jimmy oh, Sturtevant <laughs> as Scott. <laughs> And then I'm Jenny is all out of order. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jenny Newman as Mae West. Cinematography by Max Alberg, edited by Anthony DeMarco, and music by Dan Wyman. And Dan, you did your thing in this movie. Yeah, I will say that. Now you I I was gonna stop you a little bit earlier, but it's okay. I'ma tell you, did you know um the director started off in the adult industry? You know, I didn't know that, but I mean, yay. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple interviews for you guys attached to the show notes below. I found a couple interviews with the director, Linda Blair, um, Peter Barton, basically just talking about their careers before Hail Night and then the production. The Screen Factory DVD literally has about, I want to say, um, maybe three hours of footage but it's just like stuff they pulled together because i guess like they couldn't it took them a while to kind of like salvage a lot for this movie i can see that yeah um you know i also have some notes of the director talking about why he decided to go this route with like the costume party he says you know i don't like these horror films where people are just walking around in haunted houses wearing jeans and t-shirts so i was just like well i want linda blair to be in a gothic type dress type wardrobe they came up with that idea and then they was like okay well why don't hell night just be like a costume party where they just happen to be pledging and that way they were able to put people in costumes according to their personality and i liked that i liked it too because um, Seth was Robin Hood and he definitely saved the day, even though Barely. we'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. I have questions. <laughs> uh, then the frat party itself was taped in an apartment lobby. That was, when I saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> and I like, I went back. Just, first of all, let, I'm just telling y'all this now. I only watched this movie one time. That's all I needed. I went back just to look at the <laughs> party and I was like, this is a lobby. 
Right. <laughs> I really thought that they was in somebody's house. Yeah, I like it. I mean, could have fooled me. You shouldn't have told nobody that. That could have been your best kept secret. But then another one. So towards the very end of the movie, when they're like in the tunnels, girl, why was those just two corridors? And they just yeah. had them running back and forth. I was so, like, and when I watched it again the second time, I was like, are you serious? You can tell. You can tell. What is this? Some high school play stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, now, y'all, y'all, don't get on me, because you'd be like, Ashley, but you'll be the main one talking about happy accidents. I know, but sometimes that's that's not a happy accident. That's a, that's just all we had. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell y'all. I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all want me to explain myself, and I will, so we could just go ahead and bounce out to the queue line. You ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I am. We'll be back. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here's a wild ride. All right. So we're going to do a uh, checklist type quiz to Uh see how cringeworthy was your college experience. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're going to have very different answers because you went to a PWI. So some of these things don't apply at all. (laughs) So the first one is you had a dry erase board on your dorm room door. I did, but it was not mine. I did not. All right. You left messages on other people's dry erase boards. I did not. I did. Like, Johnny was here. Call me, though. (laughs) <laughs> you had to use a hall bathroom. I did. I did not. Thank God. I did up in only my freshman year. The remaining years, I had my own place. Okay, because that was actually the next question, if you had to use it for more than one year. And then after that, it asked, you went barefoot in the hall bathroom showers. Now, you know I didn't. We talked about this all <laughs> the time. In my room? In my room? Maybe. Possibly. Yes. Once I step out, it's it's a shoe or a footie. You had to run down the hall in a towel because you forgot your clothes. Sure did. Wow. And half the time, half the time, it was by choice. I just didn't care. My door was right there. Blessing and a curse. My dorm room was next to the stairs, but it was also kind of across from the bathroom. Okay. So, like, you know, cool because I could get in and get out really undetected or get people in and out undetected. But when it came to that bathroom, it was a blessing and a curse. Then the next one is you forgot your towel, so you had to use your clothes to dry off. Not in college. <laughs> no, that's happened before, but not in college. Okay. You had a live, laugh, line, little, whoa, live, laugh, love sign somewhere in your dorm room. Hell no! I did. Mm-mm. I did. <laughs> I did. You lost your ID. I sure did. You lost your ID more than once. I did not. I didn't lose my ID. So that's a no for me. Um, you've gotten locked out of your dorm room or dorm building. I sure did. I haven't. Are you sure the FDA? Did you get locked up more than once? Yes. 
Okay. So my friends got locked out and we had friends who did like the little hanger trick where like you stick the hanger underneath the door to unlock the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. People had like a whole little business going on to get like, can you want me to unlock your room? Give me five dollars. Cause it was just such a bother because the RA would act like it's such a freaking big deal to go get the master key and unlock my room. Like it ain't that serious, sis. Calm down. Right. Did you eat anyone's food without asking them? Of course. Did you drink anyone's alcohol without asking them? No, that's serious. You don't do that. So I never ate people's food because I was really anal about my food, but I did drink their alcohol. Yeah, see, that was the thing. Like, I didn't care if you... I don't know. A lot of the girls, my freshman year, we were all kind of, like, close, as you can be for a freshman year. So... A lot of girls will have their dorm doors open, like people just literally walk in your room, come chill with you for a second, bring some snacks, like come do some homework, or we go to somebody, you know, like everybody was cool on the floor. So it really was not odd for somebody to come in and just come join you while you're eating and eat what you're eating. It wasn't odd. So like my freshman year, I didn't stay in the honors dorm because I got put in band housing versus honors housing. Right. And so... In the honors dorm, they had like suites and they would leave their suite doors open and people would just like walk in all the time. It's kind of similar to like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't, out of all four years, I never played about my food. Like they knew not to touch my food or else there would be serious issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you walked in on your roommate having sex slash naked, etc. Nope. Neither have I. And then has your roommate walked in on you having sex, being naked, etc.? Yes. Oh, wow. That hasn't happened to me. <laughs> and it was funny because at this point, I was in um, I was in a quad. So it was five girls in a dorm. But it was like everybody had their own room except the two freshmen. They shared a room. And one of our other friends was coming in. And everybody told her, do not go in Ashley's room. And what did she do? She went in Ashley's room, and yeah, I was occupied. Well, that's her fault. Okay. It was. It really was. Did you suck up to your RA? No effort. Yeah, I never had to do that. Did you have anything confiscated by your RA? And she knew better. No. Neither have I. Were you ever sent to student life by your RA? She knew better. No. <laughs> and then it asked, have you ended up in student life more than once? Mm-mm. Had, um, did you have one of your roommates kicked out of your room? No. Neither have I. Were you ever kicked out by your roommate? I'm the life of the party. If anything, I'm the one people want to keep around. So no. <laughs> like I'm the least. I'm always the least of everybody's worries because I just mind my own business. Say hi and bye. Go to my room. If you want to go eat, let's go. Mm-mm. <laughs> Did you spend your weekends partying in frat houses? Um, I mean, if the weekends start on Thursday, yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> we didn't have frat houses. So these questions that are coming up next didn't really apply. So it asked, did you party? Did you spend your weekends partying in frat houses? You threw up in a frat house bathroom. You threw up in more than one frat house bathroom. So going to a PWI, and this is going to sound real crazy, y'all, so buckle up. The white fraternities and sororities had housing on campus, like, 
on campus and all of the black ones, like they just had random like houses around the campus. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it, they was definitely doing us dirty as hell. Um, but yes, so technically, you know, it's still a frat house or like the, there were frat houses, then you had the football house, the basketball house. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, we didn't, like, our fraternities would rent out, like, places to have parties, or people would just, like, use someone's random-ass house and throw a party, but we didn't have, like, actual houses. So, have you thrown up in any of these places? <laughs> I have not, because you ain't catching me out here. All right, you know you me, <laughs> I will walk away. I will walk as far away from people that I can. <laughs> Did you ever drink the mystery punch out of a plastic bin or cooler? I sure did. So did I. Have you danced on an elevated surface? I definitely did. So did I. You woke up the next morning still in the frat house. Nope. Does not apply to me. You woke up somewhere other than your dorm room and had no idea how you got there. Nope. Same. You've done the walk of shame. Absolutely not. I have. Oh, dang. Some of the girls, some of the boys, y'all be looking rough on that walk. <laughs> and that's why it's called Walk the Shame. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like. I used to have hoe bags, though. So, like, my freshman year, I was dating this senior. Well, were we dating? And. All right, choose your words wisely. <laughs> I was not dating him, so um, we could his name ex-boyfriend I was not dating him we were just you know canoodling um but I would pack my bag because I stayed I was a freshman and I first stayed in a freshman dorm and he stayed in campus housing but it was across the street from the campus so I would pack my little bag and I would go stay the night take a shower in the morning all that stuff and I would walk from his dorm all the way to the front of campus for my calculus class at eight o'clock in the morning but that wasn't considered a walk of shame because i would pack clothes now on campus though i have done a couple of walk of shames but you know hey <laughs> now the next question is you've done the walk of shame in your themed quote unquote mixer costume nope and then you've done the walk of shame in your halloween costume Nope. Like I, I have never, <laughs> never, mm -mm. not in my Halloween costume. Also not in college, but <laughs> <laughs> Halloween 2019. <laughs> like I swear to God, I blinked and it was morning and I was like, <laughs> what? I could have sworn I like, just blinked like there were people here <laughs> everybody go like, walking to the parking garage in, in my little in my I'm little um, like fortune teller team. okay my little fortune teller outfit good thing the smart thing was i wore flats like not them 2009 ugly my, flats not I had those shoes built into my costume so you know I need to get sponsored by them because I buy every single costume I have from them. Gosh. But yes. No, no, no. I make it a point. Whatever you start, you better finish. Like, I tell you, like, if you with me, 
Y'all better not take y'all heels off in these club. Don't do it till we get to the car. You better, if you got a tip, you better tip. Like, oh, I was wear, tipping in, wear listen, a shoe. I was tipping in values. <laughs> or wear a shoe. Like, do not set yourself up around me. Because one thing I have to, you got to see it through, my boy. Like, you have to. Like, you have to commit. Like, even with a Halloween costume, I am going to be that character all night until I take it off. Okay? That's oh, it. Man. Wait until was, y'all see me this year. I'm gonna have a whole accent and everything. Maybe. Actually, I don't even have a costume yet. Oh, wow. Who am I? Girls August. I know, and I normally have like three picked out by now. Yikes. I know, I ain't forget my life. Okay, the next question. You slept with multiple people in the same fraternity. I saw the F didn't. Not in, wait, not in college. No. <laughs> I did not. I have. <laughs> not you trying to get me to confess because you did. <laughs> I have in the same fraternity. Oh, hell, you told me this too. An <laughs> ADP and a DP. Okay, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, oh my gosh, when I found that out after the fact, I felt so bad. I felt so bad. Did you? I'm sorry if you're listening. Did you? I'm sorry if you're listening. She ain't feel bad. She I is reveling. She's a reveling in this. Now, yes, I have with multiple um, fraternity members and two. But it's not my fault that everybody is those two. It's not my fault. All right, you frequented the local dive bar. I won't say frequented, so no, not for real. You befriended a local. Does my teacher count? Does my coach count? Cause she's been in my, I'm working with her right now. Does she count? Cause she's a local. Does it count if like the people who actually live in the college town? Yeah, so that's why I'm like, because some of them I still do talk to and we became friends. So I mean, I guess, yeah. Because when I think of local, I think of, like, a local who's not... Not in school. Yeah. Okay, so if that's the case, no. Wait. Yeah, that's the case. Because the next question is, you invited a local back to campus to hang with you. So, yeah, no. Okay, so no, no. Nope. Nope to both. And then it said, you. the next one is, you slept with a local. No. Mm-mm. Not in Terre Haute, Indiana. <coughs> not in Terre Haute, Indiana. Baby. <laughs> If I have, okay, I know a lot of our listeners are from uh, D.C. and Indiana's between, well, actually, we kind of wide script, but that's not the conversation right now. But my Indiana people, we go around the world, we go around the world. More like all around America, but, you know, we it, it is somebody in South America listening. Hi, whoever you hey! are. Hey! <laughs> but, um, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Nah. All right, have you ever lost your phone during a night out? In college? Probably. Knowing me, probably. I can see it. So these next ones don't apply to me. You drank too much at a tailgate and missed the game. Nope, because I was a cheerleader. Exactly, I was in the band. <laughs> so there was no mixing. <laughs> and then we tailgate before and after the game at HBCUs. So same yeah. we do too 
Then the next one is you've missed more than one game from drinking too much of the tailgate. Again. Nope. I was at the game. was at the game. Bright and early. You went to the game, but don't remember any of it. Mm. Okay, now you know what? You know what? Yes, because there there was some times I was there. I was performing. Couldn't tell you anything that happened. Now, homecoming that has happened to me. <laughs> was on the sidelines drunk dancing. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't drunk. I just didn't even. I just was in I my own world. Yeah, no, I I really be in my own world. And everything you. else around me, does. I don't even see it. Don't even notice it. You stole things from around campus. I sure did. I did too. And I found them when I was moving out of my parents' house into my house. And I was- Okay, now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was talking about like stealing tissue. What did you steal that you still have? I threw them out now, but I had bowls. So like when I came home from college, I just put everything that I had from college in the basement. So when I was taking my stuff out the basement and going through it, I found the bowls from the calf that I took. And I don't that's even remember nasty. taking them. That's nasty. <laughs> Cause like, okay, so listen, like you're in the calf and I wanted to take my food to go back to my room. So I would put stuff in the bowls and I would like smuggle the bowl out and then I would take it back to my room, eat whatever. And then I would just, I just washed it and kept it. I just never took it back to the calf. We would do that, but we was bringing in our own little Tupperware, and we're the reason that book bags got banned from the cafes because we were smuggling. But, and I mean, like, obviously, when you go to a buffet, when you go to a restaurant, you eating off people anyway. And if I just weirded anybody out, I'm sorry, but you are. But I just couldn't see myself bringing it back to my room. Like, that's only for the moment. Yeah, no, I took it because I like wanted fruit. One app if I wanted an apple back when I could eat apples, I wanted an apple. So you're telling me you must have never smuggled home food from like a buffet? No. Oh, see, yeah, that's why you gotta refine those skills. Like this started with me at Ponderosa when I was like seven, <laughs> stealing the chicken wings. Oh, baby, what? No, pockets full of chicken wings. Like Justine and Ro when she put the hamburger in her pocket. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh. Yes. Gummy bears, like, oh, don't play with me. You stole things from frat houses or sorority houses. No, why would I do that? Now, why would I do that? Right? <laughs> You've gotten in trouble with campus security or campus police. I, I feel, no, I don't think I've gotten in trouble. No. You brought snacks in your pockets to a party. I sure did. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> you got caught drinking underage. I didn't get caught, no. Yeah, if you get caught, you're not doing it right. You yeah. started a fight with someone during a party. I did not start that fight. She provoked it. Wow. <laughs> some no. of y'all know this story. Some of y'all know this story. You're like, no. You've gotten injured at a party. I mean, just a couple of scratches. And I wouldn't say injury, though. Not in college. When I get hurt at a party. Weren't you like dancing or something? And you like fractured? Oh, something? and I broke my hand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did break my hand at a party. I forget about that. <laughs> but that wasn't in college. Though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess because technically that was supposed to be like a, a album release situation type deal. 
So, I mean, you could say party, whatever. Yeah. I forgot about you, that. <laughs> right. You sat through a boring event just because there was free food. You're right. You know I did. You know I did. Y'all are lying. If by the end of the semester, you have no more points on your card, your meal plan is tapped out. Your best friend that be swiping you, they meal plan is tapped out. Y'all knew y'all was going to those uh, study sessions in the library so y'all can get y'all some food. Y'all knew y'all was doing it. See, our meal plans were different. We always had swipes for um, three meals a day. It never, like, it wasn't a, a, a limit. So we had tears because some people really just didn't eat that much and some people like like the biggest one and i don't know for some reason the name makes me laugh because i went to indiana state university the biggest meal plan was called the statesman that sounds so weird sounded very colonizer to me the statesman like what is that okay anyway but that was the one that was dang near unlimited and then you had like the ISU plan, which was like the basic one. It was definitely going to run out by the end of the semester. But that will probably be for like somebody who stays off campus. And if they on campus and they want to eat, they can swipe. But, you know, they ain't going to be here all the time. You know, now we did have what was called like Bulldog Bucks. And you can like put money on your card to like get extra swipes and stuff like that. We had that too. Ours was called Blue Bucks. So you can go to different restaurants that didn't take the regular swipes. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Was, we, we were running out of Bulldog Bucks. Like, I ain't got no more extra Bulldog Bucks, so I got to go to the, the cast between the hours of whatever. Right, same. You sat through a boring event just because there was free merchandise. Um, No, I more like walked past and just swiped off the table. <laughs> you slept through class on more than one occasion. I, we just, yes. You accidentally slept through a quiz or a test. Oh, no. Too exactly. anxious. That, yeah, that's I would never. I would never. You tried to flirt with your professor for a better grade. Heck, you know. Cry? Yes. Flirt? No. Yeah, I never flirted with him. I feel like I would have got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just can't see myself doing that. Like, no shade yeah, to nobody no. that do, do you. But I've gotten far with these tears, okay? So I was just really nice and bubbly. Oh, no, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like anytime I'm in class, I volunteer, I participate. So that way, when I am effing up, you can't feel bad about bumping my grade up because I've been such a sweetheart the entire time. You went to the wrong class on the wrong day. I sure did. Just be discombobulated. (laughs) You went to class with a massive hangover. No. Yeah, I have no to both of those. The other way? Yes. (laughs) you skipped class because you were hungover Mm -mm. i have done that you brought alcohol to class i actually think i've done that before i think i have but i low-key think that was high school yeah that was high school that wasn't college you came to class high oh i just told you that yeah yeah so did i because i used to smoke in college (laughs) you threw up in a lecture hall bathroom no. Neither have I. You had to use the campus map as an upperclassman to find something. Yes. After my freshman year, I did not have to have a map. We were small. You no, had the to campus. Use... Our campus was small, but there are a lot of ducked off. 
places. And you know how some things will be named something, but you wouldn't know that unless you go in that building? Yeah. So it would be like that. Like, I can honestly say I probably only utilize maybe, maybe 60% of the campus. Like, towards my senior year, I started being on the whole other side of the campus. I'm like, wow, I've never been on this side before. Like, what's all this? We got a yard. We got, whoa, what's this? So, yeah. You had to use your campus map past the first week of classes as a freshman. Oh, no, I was good. Neither did I. And here was the thing for me. I was in freaking marching band. So we right. marched around the whole damn campus. So I knew the campus before school even started. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. We had dance camp. So we were already on the campus like weeks before everybody else. You wore a university lanyard around campus. I did not. I would never. <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it. You wore university gear all the time. No, not all the time. Only on game day. Yeah, I'm like, only on Friday. You stayed in the cafeteria for hours so you can get two meals for one swipe. I did do that. See, they kick our ass out. And then we had, uh, um, they were close the calf in between breakfast and lunch and then in between lunch and dinner. So, yeah, they started yeah. doing that because we would be trying to stay. Like, we yeah. got away with it a couple times. Oh, I'll say it again. We got away with it a couple of times, but we're the main reason we couldn't have book bags, like I said earlier, and the reason they like shut down. And really, I think they was only, they was shut down between breakfast and lunch. But lunch to dinner, it was always open. Yeah, I would avoid the calf so many times because it was just too crowded for me, especially on fried chicken Wednesdays and fish Fridays. I would just avoid the calf. I just couldn't. Y'all only had one? Yeah, we only had one. We had one calf, and then it was like a, we called it the pit. Um, and in there, there was like a wing place, a Chinese place, um, a sub place, and then a smoothie place. Okay. We had And two. then we had pizza spot inside of the freshman dorm. Got you. We had two calves. One in the freshman dorm, and then one was in the quads. Then we had the commons, which is like your pit, that had like a convenience store, this fire wing place called George's. Um, then it had like this banquet hall that would have like, it, it was nasty, it wasn't it. Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Burger King. Then in one of the freshman dorms, like in the actual dorm, there was a smaller, like a snack cafe type deal. Or you could just like pick up quick snacks, but it was also attached to a KFC. And then back over in the quads, there was another like smaller convenience store situation. But it was kind of like low key. It was low key a little hood spot for real because they would have like bagged frozen grapes or like stuff like that it was like little stuff it was cute but that's what yeah we, we yeah we didn't have as many places and i hated going to the cafe because especially during lunchtime especially on fried chicken wednesday and fried fish fridays because that was like the place to be and people would like wear their best outfits and we wanted to show out and stuff and i didn't like attention and i didn't like crowds so i would avoid it like the place. Mm -hmm. i know i'm weird Okay, you hogged a study space for more than four hours. 
No, you can have it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I barely went to the library. Exactly. You ate, <laughs> you ate smelly food in a shared study space. I did not. Neither did I. You took a spot on the quiet floor and still tried to talk. I so did. <laughs> I stayed out the library. You went to graduation with a massive hangover. I did not. Neither did I. You went to graduation still drunk slash high. Nope. Neither did I. And you missed graduation because you were too drunk hungover. Nope. Neither did I. So you got 19 out of 70 and I got 11 out of 70, but we got the same thing. It says you've done some cringeworthy things, but you're not too bad. Everyone does dumb things in college and luckily you haven't done too many. You're probably the cool, calm and collected college student that everyone secretly envied. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> All right, y'all, we'll be right back. You can stay tuned because when we get back, we're gonna be talking 1981's Hell Night. Welcome to Garth Manor. In order to be a member of Alpha Sigma Rho, one has to do what? To stay in Garth Manor one night. And why is this night so special? Because 12 years ago, Raymond Garth murdered his family here and then committed suicide. And when the police arrived, they discovered a note written by Raymond Garth describing the entire gruesome act. But strangely, they only discovered three dead bodies. Andrew is still believed by some to be living somewhere within this house. Hey, let's party! Quaaludes and Jack Daniels. Oh my gosh. This is one radical chick. <laughs> All right! Now the fun begins. <laughs> hey! Robin Hood to the rescue! Why was like it three? It. But why was it so long? 
Yeah, it was long and then it showed all the kills. Basically showed the whole movie. You know what? This trailer was just like the movie. Long for no reason. Oh, y'all thought y'all thought I forget. Y'all thought I wasn't about to fling the movie. <laughs> it's time now. It's time because yeah, everything will make sense at the end, y'all. Get along. Get along, sis. Go. All right. So the movie confused me starting out. You get it a, did. You get a blood-curdling scream, right? And then you get a wet t-shirt contest in front of a bonfire. And I'm like, the fuck <laughs> is this? And get used to this scream because this scream is, is the same throughout scream. the entire yeah. movie. Exactly. <laughs> so... Apparently, from early on, you can tell already that it's Hell Night on college campus. And if you don't know what Hell Night is, Hell Night is supposed to be the worst night of a sorority's and or fraternity's initiation process. I don't consider this a real Hell Night, but I digress. The first two months of this movie is straight up partying. And it's kind of like sorority row, but on crack. This party is a little more realistic. You know, like I could see I've probably been to a party like this, you know. Minus the TPing. And yeah, the wet t-shirt uh, contest. Bonfire, yes. Uh, no, nah, nah, I'm a, now I'm going to be real with you, John. Indiana State ain't a hoe, okay? Parents don't want their kids to go to that school because it's a no-party school and Yikes. we did go in. <laughs> so like <laughs> how I say like we wasn't sorority row level, but this this yeah this is this accurate. just looks like menace like by the time you get to another part in the movie you can see the damage that's done from the partying and it's like these children are menaces and it's just like because i feel like if that happened on our campus everybody gotta go home it's over right like because what we're talking about is through the party like a window gets smashed tps are everything i mean hold on <clears throat> tps are everywhere People doing donuts out in the parking lot and these people are standing around in the circle. Y'all know how people be doing like when they be dragging the car, all that. Um, it's just so much going on. And then the crazy thing about it is inside the frat house. So this is Alpha Sigma Rho. And the president, who is Peter, he had the nerve to say, you know, we can't start our initiation process until so-and-so throws up and then so-and-so breaks a window. And right on cue, it happened. What happened? So past the party, right? Part of this hell night situation is that they're going to take four pledges, which will be our main characters, Marty, Jess, Seth, and Denise. They're going to have to stay at the Garth Manor until dawn, right? I got questions. Why is only four of them pledging? That was my thing, too. I'm like, but that also, make sense. And why are y'all processes together? Yeah, and that was my other thing. So when, I mean, now, I don't know. I, I, I'm i Black. But um, <laughs> where do they do that at? Right. And I mean, like, when you I think mean, about it. Maybe the, the um, like, because there is two that are, like, incorporated brothers and sisters. But, like, outside of that, where do they do that at? Yeah, I'm just, like, I just don't see them, like, collabing to Hayes right I don't know I mean but then it was all extra as but no the the them going to the manor was extra as fuck like y'all sitting on drop tops and corvettes and shit carrying torches like that was some real white people shit it it is and I'm telling because the thing okay 
So when they would rush at Indiana State, it was an entire deal. Like you would see gangs of fraternities and sororities with their flags. They got chants, it's matching t-shirts. And they would, we had this thing called the fountain and they would do like a reveal. Now, like I said, I'm black. So if I'm not saying this right and y'all out there know what I'm talking about, y'all can hit us up on the Twitter and, you know, hash it out there. Anyway, they would stand around the fountain. It was a circle and they would do like, they had like bid nights where they like picked people, I guess, to be yeah, and a I've part. Seen that on, I've seen that on other movies too. Like mm-hmm. you go to rush night and then they'll pick you like. Like you might not even like say I wanted to be this. You might not even be that by the end of it because somebody else wanted to. I'm just like, what is right? What is this? (laughs) That is not how it's done in the black world. (laughs) Like, uh -uh, like (laughs) at all. I'm just saying, like, I I, I'm lost. But I have to give it to them because they do go all out. It's very interesting. And you know what? I can't even like because I grew up watching a lot of teen white movies teen white tv shows and reading teen white books about like people who were in boarding schools and shit so mm-hmm. I really wanted to go because there was a show I wanted to go to a boarding school and I read this I read these books called um I think it's the click and I just wanted to go to a, a boarding school so bad but I was watching like Greek on ABC Family, and I wanted to pledge a white sorority so bad. I want to go to white school so bad. I'm glad I snapped out of that. But um, yeah, they made it look interesting. Um, now I don't know about the white sororities and organizations. I don't know about that part. I feel you. I, I feel you, but not all the way. But you know, I really I wanted to go to PCA from Zoe One On One. That See, looks fine. That was before I knew what life was. Now I I went to an HBCU and I figured out life. That was that was me pre. <laughs> Cause uh-uh. and it would be like and no shade, no shade. Don't think we just like talking ish on white orgs. We just saying it's just different. But I would see some black girls like I was about to say audition joining these sororities, and I would just be like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's just like uh it's and just I the- I. Mm, know of someone who's done that and it was just interesting to me yeah I'm just you know and I mean I was on a predominantly white dance team and I know that I did have some personality changes because that's who I was around most of the time but I still I still knew that I was black and I still acted accordingly and I'm just saying some of them they begin turning out and I'm not and I'm not saying like, oh, you're acting white. No, because I hate when people say that because people say that to me. I don't like that. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like you just forget that wasn't that wasn't you. <laughs> that was not you a few months ago. But OK, you just forget you assimilated mm-hmm. and you get out. Yeah. But back to um, this manner <laughs> and this initiation night. So I just want to say that Peter is a very great storyteller. He had me hooked. He had me hooked. So here's the little legend that's going with, here's the legend of Garth Manor. So apparently there was a man named Raymond Garth and he murdered his wife and three deformed children. Yes, three deformed children. Literally kept having children because the when they would have one, something would be wrong. So they're like, let's give it a go. 
something would go wrong. Hey, Joe, let's give it a go again. Something would be wrong. Like, don't get tired. Well, he got tired after the fourth child because he killed himself in three of them, but then left the fourth one. And the fourth one, you know, Andrew was never found. Do you take that as my parent loves me or hates me? Because (laughs) I would think that he hates me. I would too. I would be like, damn, you can just take me too. Like, damn. And then left the suicide note explaining everything. Um, But the other funny thing too is that Peter actually kept that cape in real life and wears it every Halloween. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So this is where Peter decides to leave the group after he tells them, you know, you can sleep in any room, can't leave the grounds, you can't climb over the gate, so don't even try it. He gives him a gun and locks him, locks the gate and tells him, you know, you in here until dawn and then he dips out. But whole time, I found it suspicious that candles were already lit inside. Like who lit these candles, especially after he said that no one has been in Garth Manor since the killings. And that was apparently 12 years before. No, apparently they were lying. And this is what I was about to say. But since you brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. This makes no sense. So you mean to tell me that y'all have hell because it was said earlier that Peter gets off on hell night like this is his night. And they've been doing this for a while like this is a pledge thing like to be a part of this fraternity you have to spend the night in this manner therefore they've done this a few times so to answer your first question obviously you know obviously they went and set up the mansion and they've been doing this so my thing is you mean to tell me this just happened to be the night out of all night that this nigga just decided he was gonna kill people why he ain't kill y'all when y'all setting that stuff up why he ain't kill y'all the years before this i'm in confusion i'm in confusion Movies not moving. <laughs> Movies was moving in Denise's case because she wasted no time and wanted to get the party started. Let me tell you something, Denise. I don't know if she was a mess or a mood. <laughs> Girl, she I she pulled out. She said, I got Quaaludes and Jock Daniels. I said, Quaaludes. I said, Quaaludes. Girl, what? What? <laughs> I said, this is not the time. I said, wow, this wow. Wow. And I'm like, wow. So this really was a popular party drug in the late 70s, early 80s. Like, what the fuck? Listen, like, was ready with it. Okay. And then had music in her bra. I could get with that. And then she said she had Colombian and Coke on her too. And but Peter took that on his little pat down that he gave her. And I'm like, damn, you just like a walking party in a skirt. But like, see, that's but here's the thing though, and it's not even that deep from the director's standpoint. But ain't that crazy that she's literally walking around with all of this on her and nobody probably would ever suspect it? Exactly. He could be a whole mini drug dealer with the amount of shit she was putting exactly. up in every crevice. Now, if it was one of us, they would have found all of that with no problem. They'd have like, you got Quaaludes. What you trying to do? Da-da-da-da-da. Over. Right. But, you know, Seth took this as the green light and they went upstairs not wasting any time. Meanwhile, this is, you know, where Jeff and Marty decide to light a fire and, you know, start to get on with their little personal background lives. And this whole scene made me think that Jeff was guilty a little bit. He was giving me I'm guilty vibes. I'm from here. Why are we here? You'd have to ask my father. Like, you were seeming guilty. I was expecting that he could have been the long lost Andrew. And maybe he got I that would have been shit. 
that would have been a greater end result than what we get. Honestly, that would have been great. And even like that writing, if that's what that meant, like you have to ask my father because, well, nigga, because my daddy left me, you know? Because yeah. even then- He killed himself in this fucking house. I'm from here. Yeah, I'm from this house. Like that's mm-hmm. what I thought it was giving, but it was not giving that at It all. wasn't, mm not at all. And I mean, basically- this scene just gives us exposition that will come in handy later. Yep. I also didn't understand the corny floor play, but anyways, Peter, Scott, and May sneak back to the manor to continue their initiation festivities because, you know, leaving them alone in Big Scary Mansion just isn't enough. May happens to fall into a hole, and that's when we find out that there's a bunch of secret rooms and secret tunnels underneath the house, and there's a bunch of holes along the walls. Whole time, like as she said, they pre-wired the house with sound and visual effects or whatever to scare them. And then this is when Peter decides to kick off the screaming festivities with these sound effects. But Jeff yeah. quickly finds it and disables it. Right. Because first of all, the screen sounds so manufactured that you're just like, <laughs> what is this? And where like, is I, I, I'll give it to you. The first one obviously is probably going to make you jump because you're just not expecting to be hearing a random scream. But after that, it's just like. They were too contrived and at perfect intervals. Yeah. Like, okay, well, all right. And then Peter's a dickwad because he sent May off to get killed. First of all, I didn't like when Scott was like, um, what do you say? Something about we should have left her. We she, she's such a twat. We should have left her behind. And yeah. then Peter was like, well, her, her behind is the best part. We, there was a different way to, and just how you said it was how it should have been said in the movie. Because he's like, we should uh, leave her mouth and just take her behind. Something like that. Like, we yeah. didn't need that part. We didn't need that part. Because it was just, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't age well. But I felt bad for May, though, because she got scared by Al and then she got her ass yanked into a hole. And then her head was chopped clean the fuck off. She got dragged to hell, okay? Like, this dude was scratching her. They showed the scratches and all of that. I was just like, ooh, damn. I like the kill, though. Like, it was a clean cut. Clean. It was cool. I just think, at first, I was thinking that it was just one so when her death happened, I was like, well, clearly it's a second person. But then I was like, oh, it's two of them because this movie dragged so long that yeah. I zoned in and zoned out and didn't and missed the whole detail that it was two of them. Yeah, actually, I forget where I saw it, but I saw somebody running across the gate and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, OK, maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. All right. Just keep paying attention. Yeah, but I'm trying to. So I should probably mention this later, but I don't care. I'm confused as to where the second, who's the second person, because I thought that there was only four children. Um, the second one is Morris. But I thought they Morris died. I guess and I thought not. There was only four kids. <laughs> I don't you ask them. I don't know, but the boy named Morris. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make sense. But anyways. May is dead. Back in the house, there's more screaming. So Jeff and Seth go to check it out, leaving Marty alone. But poor Marty is left alone to deal with windows busting open and being locked in a parlor with the apparition. I actually like this effect, but it I wanted good. 
right but i wanted to see how peter and scott set that shit up like okay because when i first watched it i was thinking that that was going to be real like that that wasn't fake because it did look so good i was like oh well wait is this a real ghost like this is a ghost story oh snap it looked but then i was like right and then i was like oh it's just part of the prank damn i wish it would have been real and like you know they thinking that they playing but whole time nah girls really some ghost up in here and stuff a ghost story would have been better which would have explained you know like you said earlier if peter was not peter if jeff was the killer that would make it even better because remember once she comes out the room he's already standing right there it would be like oh i knew that that was gonna happen like you know what i already was gonna say that this needed a remake but now i got more reasons that this this one can be remaked and i wouldn't be mad so outside Peter and Scott split up to continue their reign of terror. And Peter dons a gorilla mask and goes inside a secret passage while Scott makes his way to the roof. And I thought this was hella convenient because when they went to the roof in their separate directions, this is where Jeff and Marty end up finding the switchboards outside of the house that Peter and Scott were using to pull their stunts. Mm-hmm. So up on the roof, Scott sent up the next prank and he gets smushed by one of the brothers and then his next gets snapped. Um, no, girl, he got muffed. He did not get smushed. He got muffed like a mug. <laughs> but my whole thing is, why I was, was that like, go to? That was their go to. Right. They were, y'all, Every they were literally person. muffing people, literally Everybody. muffing them in the mouth. <laughs> every like, every okay. single one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I'm just, so this, this is another pointless scene, kind of, sort of, but. It's Marty and Jeff are back in the house and they go to bed, basically, but separately because, you know, Marty's a lady. But (laughs) Denise, we go and um, see Denise and Seth in the bed and she started awake by knocking noises, right? She shot straight the fuck up, which was hilarious to me. But her ass woke up to take more drugs. (laughs) More drugs and to chase it with some alcohol. I said, she tried. Right. She tried to go back to sleep, but it was too much knocking for her. So she went to go investigate. Right. And this is so funny to me. She's sitting at the vanity and she's going through the drawers or whatnot. And like out pops one of those like snake in the cans. And then she looks in the mirror to check herself out. And this is when Peter's on the other side of the mirror. He shines the light on the gorilla mask. And so she's seeing the gorilla reflection like it's her own. But she's so drugged up. She thinks it's murder on my skin. Right. She thinks it's her face. And I just thought that that was hilarious. And now Peter is bummed because his plan failed. So he goes onto the roof to find Scott and May, but ends up tripping over the mannequin that Scott was supposed to hang off the side of the house. So Peter cranks up whatever is hanging over the side and sees that it's Scott's dead body. So now he's so shook that he frankly climbs climbs off the roof and makes a run for it. But in true movie fashion, once he gets to the gate, he can't unlock the gate because he drops the keys. And then he gets muffed by the killer. I do want to say when uh, Peter is looking for Scott and he's like reeling him up, that tension was kind of cool. But the movie, okay, you know what? I'm going to wait till it gets to that part so I can be even more dramatic because y'all like it. But this movie is a repeat offender of quote unquote tension, but it's really just wasting time. Yes. But the good thing, though, was after he got muffed, he ended up escaping. 
And he was running through the maze, the garden maze, but then he ended up getting got with the scythe. And I don't understand if you get stabbed in a hedge bush, wouldn't you fall to the floor? What's holding you to the bush? I guess the scythe, because I don't think it was ever pulled out. I mean, yeah, it wasn't pulled out, but it's just through your body. It's not like he got stabbed against the bush, right? It's nothing in the bush that's like concrete for the scythe. But we see the scythe come out the other side of the bushes. He should have just fell. I don't know what, how was he levitating? How Maybe that, they were just that physics don't work. Branches. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that don't work like that. <laughs> so back in the house, Marty can't sleep. So she ends up making it with Jeff. And then Seth and Denise are back to fooling around again while one of their brothers is watching until Seth has to use the bathroom, leaving Denise alone and vulnerable for one of the brothers to come and snatch her ass up. So when Seth comes back from the bathroom, he finds May's severed head in the bed and screams okay, bloody this murder. Did, this did get me because I wasn't ready for that. I was thinking it was going to be a burning situation and I was about to be real petty and be like, well, at least this one knows how to hide properly because I still don't know how Cropsy hid in that sleeping bag or whatever Cropsy hid to do what he did. But no, I this one got me. It shook me. Yeah, because I was thinking it was going to be um, Denise's dead body, but nope, it was just May's head. So this prompts, of course, his screaming prompts Jeff and Marty to jump out of bed and consume about him, see about him. But Seth is like, yeah, now nah, fuck this. I'm out. He snatches the gun, takes off for the gate. Fuck you. Fuck Denise. Fuck y'all. I'm done. Right. Okay. <laughs> but when he gets to the gate, he can't shoot the lock off like he thought because they're blanks, of course. But Seth is determined to get the fuck. So he climbs the gate and ends up cutting himself in the process. And now, see, I thought he was going to impale himself. But that because the top of the gate is very sharp. It's like one of those old fashioned Adams family with the uh, spike spears tips at the, the top. top. Yeah. yeah, spears. So, yeah, they're super sharp, which. Because he ended up cutting they, himself. They did this for a reason. We'll get there. Right. But I was let down because I thought he was going to pale himself. And then just like. Also, time out. Jeff, step your cookies up, my bro. You cannot lift. <laughs> Marty, honey, tighten up because that's probably why he couldn't lift you because you were loose as a goose. But Jeff, do you even lift, bro? No. Because <laughs> the baby, mm-mm, no, couldn't be man, could not be man. But, you know, Seth actually made it across in one piece and then he took off for the town leaving Jeff and Marty behind so now they go in the house to look for Denise but instead of defining Denise they find Scott dangling from the roof so Marty ends up locking herself in one of the bedrooms while Jeff goes to investigate a light that they saw in a garden maze and he enters the maze where he finds Peter's dangling body but his ass was so freaked out he didn't get the keys out of Peter's hand right I'm like dude I would have snatched them keys so quick but he did pick up a pitchfork as a weapon, so I'll give him that. Kind of. Right. But Seth finally makes it to the police station after going to the empty frat house. And the police don't believe him. And you know that annoys me because I be hating it when adults don't believe children. But honestly, he's in college, so he's technically an adult. And he his claims should have been taken seriously. 
but it's all good because y'all are hard police officer, horrible police officer, and you left a bunch of confiscated guns out in the open. So Steph, Seth was a real one, stole a shotgun and some rounds, and went back to save his friends after stealing a man's car. Now, I just want to say, how was this teenager able to get in a room filled with guns? Why is there a room filled with guns? Why? Is this room out in the open and why is nobody guarding it? That shouldn't have been this easy for him to get to. And then not you pulling the full GTA. (laughs) I will give it to him, though. Him telling him, yeah, tell the cops as an effort to get the cops to show up at the manor. But the cops never showed up. Like No, see, listen, now, if he was one of us, they would have locked him up real quick if he was one of us. So back in the manor, a large figure begins to emerge from the floor behind Jeff and um, Marty. Marty, Marty, they have barricaded themselves in this room and they're facing the door with the pitchfork. So, of course, Marty screams bloody murder and Jeff turns around and stabs whoever it is with the pitchfork and they seemingly disappear. Now, I was thinking that it was going to be Denise when they pulled back that rug but it wasn't yeah and then especially because he stabs it which would have just been like more salt in the wound right but nope they removed the rug and it was a trap door (laughs) and And at first i was just like okay i got two things how did y'all not ever not one step over this rug y'all been all over this room in this mansion (laughs) y'all mean to tell me y'all ain't stepped over that rug not once no also, um, Marty, girl, them titties was tittying. They were. They were. Like, they, that dress looked good, girl. Like, they did favors, okay? So they go into the trap door, right? And this is when Jeff finally tells Marty that Peter is dead. And so they're, once they're in the tunnels, they find Denise's corpse along with the remains of what appears to be the other Garth family members. But then, one, I'm guessing this is Andrew. Andrew appears. And starts chasing Jeff and Marty through the tunnels. So Jeff struggles with Andrew at one point, and they both fall down a flight of steps, and Jeff gets Which, injured in the process. He hurt himself in real life. Actually, that is not the case. So he did an in- interview in 2017, and in his interview, he says that a lot of people think that he injured himself. But the way he recalls it is that he put a stone in his shoe so that he can remember to limp. What? I'm sorry. That sounds dumb as hell. And I think you lying. <laughs> not I'm you, not- Jane. Oh. Not you. Him. That <laughs> was like- dumb as hell. Like, I understand putting a rock in your shoe. But no, they needed because to. Uh, it was the director like- who had said that he had hurt himself. Yeah. And that's why I was like. You should have went with that story because you putting in rocking your shoe, nigga. What I would have went with the I hurt myself story. It, I would have been like, you did that. I would have gave you more acting points, but no. Now I'm taking them back. Rashad Nunu snatched my necklace back. During the production, um, Bruce Con Curtis urged the filmmakers to implement an extended chase sequence for Linda Blair's character Marty after seeing Jamie Lee Curtis's chase sequence in Terror Train. So. That was yeah, the I read basis that. for this. And yeah. 
apparently, you know how like they run back and forth to the gate several times from the house to the gate? Mm-hmm. Apparently the distance between the house and the gates were actually a mile apart. Yeah, it's a lot of the info, like I said, survivors, you can get a lot of this info from some of the links that I posted down below. But apparently, Linda Blair says that's how they bonded on the set in between trying to get themselves prepared to run and do all these other scenes where they had to like just throw themselves in the middle of the action. Yeah, I thought that was cute. So they were able to escape the tunnel and use the pitchfork to block the concealed door they escaped out of. And this is where Seth finally arrives back at the mansion. And he makes it through a hole in the gate. And I'm just like, damn, if you would have saw that hole in the fence before, you would have saved yourself from getting sliced up and everyone would have made it out. Pretty much. And the hole in the fence actually reminded me of the hole in the fence between my school and Claflin University. Um, we used to go through the fence instead of like walking around <laughs> to the front of the building. <laughs> but Seth gets ambushed by one of the Garth brothers. They struggle, but then Seth shoots him twice, effectively killing him. And I was ruling for Seth because he didn't just shoot him once and think he was dead. He waited for the pop-up. No, Seth knew what he was doing. And that's why I said like Seth, it should have been Seth and Marty. But that's fine. I'm not going to go in on Jeff today. But I'm sad, though, because his victory was short-lived. Because as soon as he went in the manor, it's like, I killed him. The other one jumped up and shot Seth with the gun. Right. And I was like, damn. So Marty then attempts to recover the shotgun. But Andrew Garth emerges from the darkness and chases them back to the bedroom, where they barricade the door. But homie busts through the door like Jack Nicholson. And Jeff let Marty escape out the window and climb up to the roof. But before he can join her, Andrew fully broke through the, the door and yeeted him out the window, killing him. And I thought that was the dumbest way for him to die, for him to just get yeeted out the window like that. Yeah. If he did that to, like, Scott or Peter, I would have been like, oh, okay. But Jeff, I don't know. It should have been something more personal. Because he had been there too long to just get yeeted out the window. <sighs> so... Marty climbs off the roof, but Andrew breaks through the glass on her way down and attacks her. She falls, then runs past Jeff's dead body and stumbles across the dude Seth killed and then gets freaked out. So she runs back to the house, but then she sees Andrew come out the house, gets freaked out and runs back out into the maze, um, which I'm like, girl, why were you going back to the house? But this is where she ends up finding Peter's dead body and she pries the keys from his fingers. Luckily, she was actually able to get through the gate using the keys and actually took the time to relock the gate. But I was so happy that she relocked the gate. I was happy too, but remember, there's a hole in the fence. So it was really no point. Yeah. But anyways, she attempts to escape in this car that Seth stole, but of course... The car won't start, so she has to use those mechanic skills we were clued into early in the movie. And then we think all is well because she frantically drives away and smashes into the gate in the process. But nope, Andrew's on top of the car and he smashes the windshield. And I'm just confused as to how she didn't crash her car this whole entire time because he was reaching in the car. She was screaming with her hands covering her face. She didn't even have her hands on the wheel. The car is doing all these twists and turns and whatnot. It's like the way it's edited, it's too long for what ends up happening to have had happen. Because she ultimately gains control of the car and drives towards the broken gate, impaling Andrew, and he dies. And then she passes out on the car horn. 
I don't, this could have been better than it was. It just didn't. Like, okay, so when she got out, she locked the thing. I'm like, go, girl, go, girl. The car don't start. I'm like, oh, you're a mechanic. Start it. Starts the car. Broke the gate. Damn, bitch. Broke the gate. Oh, he's on top of the car. Swerve, swerve, swerve. And when she does impales him, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because I really wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking he was going to be able to get out and just come get her. I don't know. But at the end of it, it just threw me off because after all that, she just passed out on the car horn. And I'm like, I get it because you're tired. But like my adrenaline would have no, I, I would have had to get out because the nigga is still on top of you. I don't you didn't physically see that he died. You just assumed. Right. I and I'm like, it's not like you got knocked unconscious. You just like had passed a little <laughs> panic attack and passed out. I'm like, girl, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So she finally wakes up when the sun is rising. She leaves the car and Angie's dead body is still impaled. And she shakily walks towards freedom as the credits roll. And that's the end of the movie. This movie is so slow and not in a good way. I often, or not I, in horror world, we have slow burns. And no, mm-mm. Does this build more tension? Than a slur- this was more than a slow burn. This was Baby, mm-mm. no, no, no. Rewind, because this, this, this is not is- a slow burn. It's not that's a slow burn. That's what I'm saying. Don't even it's give like- it that. I'm saying it's more than that. Like, it's worse than that. Like, it's not even a slow burn. This, um, does it build tension in some spots? Yes. But the thing is, it does too much. I did not need to see Jeff and Marty walk from the gate into the doorway, up the stairs, through the hall. If it was a one-take shot and done a certain way, yes, because y'all know I love one-takes. But here, no. And it's just like... When I picked this movie to do it this month, I was like, ooh, okay, hell night. I got Linda Blair climbing up a gate. Like, what is about to happen to this girl? Like, it's an 80s movie. I'm thinking it's going to be. And, you know, it's a B movie. We all love B movies, right? Mm -hmm. But it just did not give me. It, like, it did not meet the expectations of what I thought. Like, as we say, it didn't give what it was supposed to give. And you Mm -hmm. had the opportunity. Like, check this out. And this is why I say this. This can get a remake and I would not have a problem because you now have a reason to have a handful of teens just to kill. Usually when we watch a teen movie and we know it's a group of teens, we just like, oh, okay, y'all only got this many just so we can have a high kill count. In this situation where they're pledging fraternity and sorority, do you, that body count would be crazy. First of all, because it still don't make sense that it was only four of them. Like, what was everybody else's initiation? Like, now, okay, now sometimes you do have a solo line or you can have a line with just, you know, minimal. But this just didn't make sense. Like, not in the early, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, like, I'm like, that just didn't make any sense. And like I said earlier, towards the beginning, why now? Why attack now? This fraternity has been doing this for some years and now you want to attack? Like, could have been at this, my friend. Definitely could have done it. Um, like I said before, I really love the music. I really love the music. But again, I was just hoping that Jeff was related to the family in some way because it really seemed like at one point it was going in that direction. That would have been way better. Y'all can put that in a remake, copy D-180, and throw us some cash. And I wanted to know why muffing the killers, not muffing the killers, muffing them before they die was a thing. Like, 
You just, just. Now I'm gonna tell you this just to prepare you. You are gonna come across a lot of movies where like that just happens. Like not necessarily, not necessarily the muff, but the kill just be like kind of long and drawn. Hmm. No, just like questionable. You just say. Okay. Right. I, I, okay. <laughs> I mean, if that's your MO, if that's what you like to do, that's mm. fine. Right. And then Jeff was my favorite. I was actually kind of sad that he died. A lousy ass death of that because you took him to basically the end just for him to get thrown out the fucking window. I still don't like his death. That was a lousy ass death. If there was a shard of glass still like in the window after it was smashed if you would have lift him up and then impaled him on the shard of glass i would have been like oh and he just hanging out the window leaking i don't honestly i don't even like seth death seth's death either because you wouldn't even see him die i was gonna say do we even know if he did we he just got shot and yeah we went, don't even know if he did he might we never alive. saw his, his body never right, saw he his body. might be here we don't know then the other thing that was killing me the whole movie was the fact that Denise was calling Seth West the whole movie. Like she the whole get time. To, that nigga name right for nothing. And I think she's doing it on purpose. <laughs> oh man. But huh, that's all I had. All the um points that I have for the movie. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we get into the ratings? Mm-mm. All right, so this movie had a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. And what would you give this movie? I think I'm being nice, and I don't know how nice I'm being. I'm going to give it 40 tickets. Yeah, you're, see, I'm being super nice because I wanted to give it something lower, but I didn't because it was cute. It was cute. What do, it was um, what do I they get, tell us in the dance world out here? Cute don't always cut it. It doesn't always cut it. So I'm going to be generous. I gave it a 60 tickets. Well. I know, very generous, right? I'm still giving you crap from Sleepaway Camp. It's fine. <laughs> this was lower than that. I'm really just giving you crap. I'm kidding. But yes. I'm about to say, I gave Sleepaway Camp a 75. I still cannot. I cannot. No, I'm just playing. I cannot. <laughs> it's cool. You ready to bounce out to the souvenir shop? Yes, I am ready. Let's hit it. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. So I personally think that everyone should have a haunted house. The end. End of story. Girl. <laughs> well all right um i mentioned the cover art to this movie earlier because once again that's what attracted me to the movie the one that you guys will probably see the main one for is literally linda blair climbing the gate that we spoke about with the mansion in the back i can't really tell if there's a person in the back but there's definitely a person dragging her down but they have another poster it's a newer one and this one is pretty cute it's kind of like fan art right where it's kind of like all the main characters it's almost like the screen floating heads i'll post it on our instagram for the new podcast update post y'all will see it y'all can go look it'll be way better than me describing it to you because i'm not doing a good job right now 
but it's fine. <laughs> you ready for park announcements? Yes, ma'am. That was our second movie in our ABC Anything But College theme month. Next week, we're going to be checking out 2001 Soul Survivor. Last time that I checked, it was streaming. Don't ask me where. But now that I'm looking, I can't quite find where it's streaming at. But I'm pretty sure y'all will find it and y'all will let me know. <laughs> but anyway, as always, make sure you come follow us on our IG at D180Podcast. And on our Twitter at D180Podcast. Don't forget to hit us up by email at Destination180Podcast at gmail.com where you can send us your Survivor submissions. You can suggest movies, themes, or if you just want to give us feedback, I mean, you can. We accept all of that. Make sure you also leave us a review, okay? We need y'all to give us the reviews. Like, the numbers are there. But Apple has to see that through the reviews because y'all know Apple Petty. And if we don't get enough reviews, we're not going to climb the charts in these streets. And we want the streets. Okay? Thank you. You want the streets. Actually, before we leave, I just want to let you guys know that Soul Survivors is on Hulu. So you can catch it on Hulu. Thank you. I'm like, I just (laughs) saw that it was streaming somewhere. And like, I'm like looking on my thing and it's like, only premium subscription, only premium subscription. I'm like, well, um, there we go. All right, y'all. Well, now that we've made that simpler for y'all, y'all don't have an excuse. We will see y'all next time when class is in session. Make sure you bring your water bottle. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye, y'all.